we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke, we also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You are listening to the Man of God Network by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Hi, Dr. Sam Waldron here. The fields are white for harvest, but the laborers are few. Most men who need a seminary education can afford it the least, and no seminary is fully supported by student tuition and fees. We rely on the generosity of our supporters and friends. Would you give today and help us to make informed scholarship with pastoral heart affordable for the next generation of gospel ministers? Visit cbtseminary.org give to learn how you can help. Welcome to another episode of The Pastor's Inbox on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, As you're listening to uh, this episode, we sit in our second batch of recordings through this series, so we're fresh, at least for this morning, and we're going to be taking up Uh, The preaching of the word as our next element of worship in the corporate worship service of God. So um, that is the title of our episode, The Preaching of the Word. Uh, To kick off this conversation, brothers, why is the preaching of the word of God important in the public worship of God? And what is the importance of the preaching of the word? Well, I'll begin with that one, uh, Brother uh, Austin. Uh, If we're familiar at all with our uh, New Testaments, there can be no doubt that uh, it is the the importance of the preaching of the Word of God is emphasized. I think, for example, of the apostles uh, there in Acts chapter 6, when some of the Grecian widows were being uh, neglected in uh, the uh, charitable giving and donations and Uh, There was some complaint uh, arising in the church and the disciples uh, then uh, or the apostles then uh, had the uh, church to choose out seven men 
who were full of the Holy spirit and would be able to take care of that. And their reasoning was this so that we can devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And after that solution, God put his blessing upon it. When the Bible says in verse seven of Acts chapter six, the word of God kept on spreading, which it needed to. Uh, the preaching is the chosen means of uh, proclaiming God's character and truth to his people. And preaching is the usual means of conversion of the lost uh, many times while they are present in the public assembly. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Uh, it's also the primary means of building up believers in knowledge and grace. First Corinthians 14 and 19, for example, where Paul said in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also. Um, first Timothy five seventeen comes to mind. Uh, the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. Um, and certainly second Timothy chapter four, verses one and two, some of the last words of the apostle Paul, uh, in his last epistle, I solemnly charge you, he says to Timothy in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. It's clear then that if we're going to be faithful in our duty before him who will judge the living and the dead. If we want to see people converted, if we want to see our church members growing in grace, then we have to have plain, clear teaching, preaching and application of God's word. Those are the few thoughts on the, on the matter. Uh, Pastor Lee, what can you add to that? Well, uh, brother, you've, you've said it well. You've stolen my thunder with a couple of the texts, especially. Uh, since we're actually dealing with the public worship uh, of God, that's this section of uh, questions having to do with that, uh, I would say this. Uh, it's very important we understand that the word preached and heard is actually an expression of worship. I'm sure we've all mm -hmm. uh, seen cases of people referring to the singing and the first part of the service. Well, that's worship. And then you got preaching. Well, can I say that's a false dichotomy? Yes. Yes. That is incredibly wrong. You know, even in the Old Testament, you've got Ecclesiastes chapter five. Uh, when you uh, come to the house of God, draw near to hear mm -hmm. rather than offering the sacrifice of fools. Well, the point is, even then, drawing near to hear was part of the worship of God. Yeah. And so I think it's right. We should recognize that the preaching and therefore also the hearing of the preaching is an act of worship. We come expressing that we want God. We want the word of God. We want to see God's glory uh, set forth from the scriptures. We want to see Jesus. Uh, we want to see God's work in providence and redemption as, again, set forth in the scripture. We're, we're eager to be instructed. There's this humble dependence upon him and his word. And then that, that desire to submit uh, all of life to the word of God. Well, in addition to the good that God does to us by the proclamation of his word, again, hearing 
is worship. And it's important, I think, that both preacher and hearer understand that. Now, as to its importance, well, uh, Pastor Joe has already uh, addressed a, a number of texts. One that comes to my mind, you know, that Great Commission. We understand that the Great Commission uh, in Matthew 28 is not given to us uh, so much as individuals who go uh, make disciples of, of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to observe all things, whatever I command you. Well, we, we understand that's given to the church in the person of its apostles. I'm not personally to go making disciples in all nations and baptizing them, etc. But it's in that connection, again, it's going to be lived out in the local level when the Lord Jesus said, teaching them to observe all things that I've got. Where's that going to happen? Where's that supposed to take place? Well, you come to the book of Acts, and lo and behold, in chapter 2, it is taking place, the apostles' doctrine, there in that which is called, in verse 47, a church. Mm. It would seem that the Great Commission, that facet of it, is to be fulfilled right there in the church, in the teaching, the preaching of the Word. And, of course, that's when God's people are gathered and God is doing them good. That Second Timothy uh, 3 about... Uh, all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. And as uh, Pastor Joe has rightly pointed out, then right on the heels of that, in chapter 4, you've got this strong uh, binding of Timothy. Now you preach the Word. This is the means that God's going to use for uh, doing good to His people by His Word. Then you've got other texts. Uh, Pastor Joe referred to uh, Romans 10, 17, or you've got First uh, Thessalonians 2, 13, about the word working effectually in those who believe, or our Lord's prayer in John 17 about uh, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Well, in, in New Testament times especially, it was the word heard, right? They didn't have personal copies of their Bible. Mm -hmm. Their inter internet connection was not good enough so they could download sermons. Uh, they really were uh, there together. Well, we can say, well, that was then, and now we've got Bibles, and we've got sermon audio, and we've got various ways. Well, hold on. In Hebrews 10, you remember when uh, the writer says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but he talks about so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, surely the God who inspired those words knew full well that we would in time each have our own copy, maybe several, of the Bible, and we would have access to hearing sermons in various ways, online, etc. And yet in his very word, he tells us so much the more as you see the day approaching. That is, the need for hearing the word publicly in public worship has not diminished with all these matters, but if anything, that text says it's only going to be needed more mm. more. Now, Pastor Joe has, has mentioned the, the gospel going forth. We would understand that evangelism is not the major focus of a worship Servants, where you worship and the saints are to be edified. However, we can see in Scripture, First Corinthians fourteen, James chapter two, visitors in attendance, in particular unsaved visitors in attendance. So it was recognized, assumed there would be the unsaved, and of course, well, it's God who is pleased to save sinners by the message preached uh, and that glorious gospel being 
declared. Again, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they are sent? It points to a, a formal recognition, the formal preaching of the word, which, among other places, and especially there, takes place in local church gatherings. So uh, I'm rambling a bit, but there are a few thoughts anyway to uh, add to what Joe has said. Excellent. Mm -hmm. That's very helpful, brothers, as we've been uh, in that first question, begin to consider uh, the preaching of the word of God and its importance in the public worship of God. But another question I want to ask is, is the preaching of the word necessary for each time the church assembles? Well, I would address that, Austin, by saying uh, certainly I don't think it's necessary for a congregational business meeting that we now have to expound a, a passage of Scripture, or even for every church function. If it's a church picnic, well, maybe it's proper to have a, a, a devotional or something in that connection. But uh, as to worshiping, though, gathering to worship, uh, I would say that's very much a, a focus. Uh, living here in our region, it's not uncommon to, uh, at least in days past, when I say, oh, the, the worship was so good, we didn't even get to the preaching. Uh, we just had a singing. Well, you know, I'm sorry. There, there's a real problem with that. It's, it's losing sight of the fact that the preaching and hearing of God's word is in itself worship. And uh, whereas emotion should be affected, uh, yet hold on. It's not just a, a, a spiritual free-for-all with an emotional uh, outburst here, um, but rather it is the mind and the heart engaged with God as his words expounded. And so even there in Acts 2, they're hearing the word, the apostles' doctrine, it seems, every time they came together and worshiping as a, a body. So, Joe, I'll throw that to you, brother. Brother, I could not but laugh at your uh, illustration, at least silently. Where I grew up down in North Carolina uh, with a lot of churches, the best way to tell if the Holy Spirit had been present if the preacher didn't get up to preach because the singing and the, uh, quote, worship took over the service. Uh, and that that really shows a, a pretty uh, weak view of preaching, in my opinion. Uh, since the teaching of the word of God seems to be the element of worship, which I think is given the most prominence in the Bible, I think the preaching of the word of God should take top priority in the uh, public uh, worship in the uh, of the Lord's people. Generally speaking, the preaching of the word is necessary each time the church assembles, in my opinion. And if there are occasions when it might need to be omitted, such as prayer meetings, long business meetings, uh, uh, perhaps missionary visits and reports, something like that, those times of omission should be a rare exception and not the general rule. Hmm. Uh, in fact, even a shortened message from God's word, in my opinion, is preferable to no message from the word of God at all. Uh, I can't think of uh, uh, any, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I can't think of a time where uh, recently our church has assembled together when we did not have Sometime, I don't care if it's 15 minutes, an exposition and applying of the word of God to the people, even when we're having a business meeting or something of that sort. 
So is the, the question is, is the preaching of the word necessary for each time? I'm not going to set a hard and fast rule, but I'm going to say it better be the exception and not the rule if the word of God is neglected. That's helpful as well. And uh, for this next question, you've already, I think, answered it in part, but I'll frame it this way so that way our, our listeners can hear. Uh, a yes or a no to this question. Is the preached word of God the primary means of grace? And if so, how does it differ from the other means of grace? Well, I think I did answer, uh, give my answer in, in my previous uh, response. Uh, to me, judging from the place given to this means of grace in the Bible, my opinion is yes, it is the primary means of grace in God's church. And I would say because it is that part of worship where God speaks from heaven to his people. Uh, while songs and scripture readings uh, may accomplish this purpose to an extent, uh, I'm convinced that the exposition and the explanation and the application of scripture in the sermon presents God's message in the greatest and most profitable way to his uh, people. Lee, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I would say that when Paul is addressing uh, uh, really local church life in First Timothy, you know, that, that chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, he's uh, talking about uh, you might know how you should conduct yourself, uh, house of God, church of the living God, pillar and ground of the truth. He, he does say uh, in that section that begins at chapter 2, verse 1, First of all, and he mentions corporate prayer. However, if the church is to be the pillar and ground of the truth, the word has to be preached and known. It's not just for the preacher uh, to be the pillar and ground. It's for the church as a whole to uh, preserve as well as promote God's truth. So again, uh, as a important means to that in a primary means. Well, you can't say that's more important than prayer, but they don't have to be separated. And as far as a, a personal means of my profiting from the time before God, well, yes, I think we have to say that that uh, so vital, uh, the, the word preach, there's a reason in Acts 2.42, when it's talking about how the people continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that's listed first. And after that, you've got uh, uh, the the prayers, the breaking of bread, and the fellowship. Well, there's a reason, I believe, why apostles' doctrine is put first for the sake of the Christian life as a means, but again, by way of worship. And Joe has rightly said, you know, in, in singing and praying, we're addressing God. We're coming to Him. In preaching, God's addressing us from His Word, and the importance of that altogether is to recognize that when we are gathered to worship, uh, more than two or three in Christ's name, uh, it's real interaction with God. We're addressing him and he is addressing us. And so the time of really coming together before him. That probably didn't answer the question with a yes or no, uh, but I would say yes, it's, it is certainly uh, the primary means as far as uh, in, in public worship. And may I, may I say, brothers, that <clears throat> I think uh, preachers and pastors need to be constantly, um, not in necessarily a negative way, but they need to be constantly uh, advising their people, reminding their people of how important the preaching of the word of God is. Uh, 
certainly uh, that's got to be one time during our worship when the devil is going to try to distract the people of God or cause the people of God to drift away in their thoughts, to not consider it important. Uh, we need to make sure that we let our people know this is God speaking to you, though we're not inspired men. We are preaching from an inspired book, a God breathed book. And uh, so that our people are constantly aware whenever the preacher gets up to preach, this is not the time to drift away in your thoughts. This is the time to give yourself to the hearing of God's voice through his word. Amen. Well, we do think, or I at least uh, imagine that many of our listeners are uh, likely men who are already pastors uh, laboring in this work. Uh, your co-hosts for the show are pastors who are regularly preaching the word of God. Uh, perhaps some are CBTS students that are aspiring to the ministry or uh, maybe there are some recognized gifted brothers uh, by their local congregations that are considering the preaching of the word. We hope this conversation on the, the preaching of the word of God and it as a means of grace uh, in the worship of God has been a helpful subject and encouraging subject to think about how God uses the preaching of the word of God to uh, accomplish his purposes. We do uh, want to continue to uh, remind you that you can submit your questions to pastors inbox at cbtseminary.org to have your ministerial questions uh, answered on the show. And until next time, we want to wish you grace 